welcome to Unknown Artist. I'm your host, Nikki E. Taylor, a.k.a. That Nikki You Know, and today's guest is Eric Fines. a true story and you told it in song that's right would you like to verbally tell it oh sure yeah <laughs> so that's just about when I met my uh, my beloved girlfriend uh, her name's Julia Julia's great and she's amazing <laughs> amazing yeah you guys have been together for a long time that's right um, and you wrote her a love song exactly that's it that's adorable <laughs> yeah Coming up on three years, we've been together. So much cute so aggression cool. for you guys. I know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I want to... Yeah, I'm trying to write more, uh, more happy love songs. What a, what a concept. It's hard. Or it can be. Yeah, people Sometimes always say it it's really the hardest. Easy, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. 
I was going over a bunch of like the songs that I've written. And I was like, man, they're like all sad. Yeah. Except for like, there's a handful of songs that I did when I was like in my early twenties that were like up tempo, you know, like fun songs. And then I just like gave up on those, and it was sad songs from then on out. Yeah, so I totally <laughs> feel you. What What were you like as like a, a younger songwriter, like in your early songwriting days? Um, I actually I was I had a sort of progressive mathy rock vibe going on for a really? lot of that yeah well i started actually with like r- like kind of like zeppelin and hendrix kind of vibes when i was yeah. like <laughs> that does not surprise me yeah like 13 <laughs> 14 i could even probably try to play something from that era if you want to i don't know if i remember any of the words now but Actually, we had a band, uh, Isaac, my drummer now, it was in that band as well when we were, I think he was 12 years old when we started. Whoa. When I was 13. You were playing a band at 12? <laughs> I, I, 12 he, was, he was 12. He was 12. You were 13. Yeah. Was that your first band? Actually, though, I was in a band before that with Renee Deschen, and uh, I Whoa. think I was 12 at that point, yeah. Wait. <laughs> I thought you grew up in Peterborough. Does that was in Peterborough, yeah. What? I yeah. had no idea that Renee was from Peterborough. Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> let, let it be known. <laughs> yeah, we played Beatles covers and we played Stairway to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> As so many uh, young guitarists do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I fucking had that solo somewhat correct. Was guitar <laughs> your first instrument? Well, actually, I think it was technically ukulele. Oh, yeah? But just at a very, very early age. It's like the gateway instrument to, to guitars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before that, though, I was, I was banging on uh, empty beer cases. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that. I feel like you are someone that um, I would believe you could make a good sound out of just about any, anything. Oh, well, shucks. That's real nice. <laughs> No, but true. Like, I really, I really believe that. So, like, that doesn't surprise me that you would, like, start out, uh, you know, playing on not instruments. <laughs> right, yeah. Just the percussion. Actually, my first dream was to be a drummer. I also developed this weird habit of, like, playing drums with my teeth that what? only I could hear because like, it's, like, really loud. With, like, the... Like, just, like... Like basically, like make little beats but with just my I, teeth. Okay, I was imagining. It was that like you I was were possessed. Like biting onto the drumstick and no, like. <laughs> no, no, all all what? acoustic teeth. Yeah. What was it sound like? I think it probably just sounds like some like, deranged child gnashing his teeth. <laughs> was this like on recordings? Was this like? No, no, it was just in just my head. Like just in your head. Just okay. in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And with your head. <laughs> Literally in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, before I was confident in, like, singing in front of people, I would just, like, cut my ear and, like, whisper into my ear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I never actually... Actually, yeah, I did some whispery, whispery yeah. vocals as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was... I had, like, a family of... You know, I had two sisters growing up and then a third one later. But, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, two sisters and, like, two parents, you know, jam-packed car. And we'd, like, have music on the radio, but, like, no one would no one would sing to the radio. That wasn't a thing that my family mm. did. So, but, like, I always did. So I'd just, like, cup it and cut my ear and just, like, be, like, leaning against the window. <laughs> yeah, sing as opposed to, to opening up and sharing that with the family. Yeah, no, I didn't sing in front of any family members for like the longest time. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. I was an only child, so 
can't even remember when I started singing for real. Much later, though. Much later. What were your parents like? Uh, my dad what is a musician. Like? Yeah, my dad, they're both alive. <laughs> thank God. Um, my dad was, is well is a musician. Really amazing musician named Matthew Fines. Uh, he's great at a bunch of different instruments. Guitar, dobro, lap steel, pedal steel, banjo. Whoa. Those are the main ones. Yeah. But he's really, really nice guy. Super funny. Super ridiculous. Hilarious. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then my mom is an also amazing, hilarious person. Bartender. Uh, pillar of the community. She's kind of a, a legend that in our hometown everyone reveres her and goes to her for advice and stuff cool yeah sounds like a cool lady yeah so uh (laughs) bartender and musician parents was awesome was awesome and like you you followed in their footsteps yeah exactly (laughs) i go to the bar a lot and i play a lot of music (laughs) yeah and i tip i tip well as well and you've been you've been hosting corsell open mic for (laughs) for a a few years now right it's been uh it'll be two years in July. Excellent. Are you going to like do anything special for your two years at Corsell? I really should. I have no idea what, but yes, something special. I mean, it's July, so I'm just planting this seed now. That's good. For you to like plan it. Yeah, that long-term thinking is something I'm really trying to It's hard. make baby steps towards achieving, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always like like plan way too far in advance, mm. and then by the time I'm at like a normal like planning stage, uh, I've completely forgotten about whatever I needed to do and, like, have moved on to something else. Right. So it doesn't really help me that much, but, <laughs> uh, you know, working on it. We're all works in progress. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> what, uh, what, what aspects of your personality do you feel like you're working on? Um, I guess I'd say, well, one major thing, actually, is that I'm super so bad at just like losing objects so really really basic shit is what i'm trying to work on actually like really just but, like, super it's genuinely hard. basic yeah like i've lost my eyelash curler for like three weeks i don't know where it is <laughs> there you go yeah i lose things all the time yeah i just lost yeah. a really nice pair of winter boots that oh, i bought and how? i was like i invest i'm like i'm buying the 200 dollars fucking boots this year oh, no. gonna keep them for years no. Left them at a gig because I got in the habit of bringing, like, playing music shoes mm. whilst wearing my boots and then switching them. And then mm-hmm. I'd just, you know, get drunk and then just leave with my shoes on. <laughs> with your normal shoes on. With my normal shoes on, leave my <laughs> boots. So I was leaving them at gigs and then then they just disappeared when I came back to that venue. So. Oh, that's rough. Very sad. That's anyway, so th- sad. just that kind of shit, you know, like just stupid shit. I'm trying to work on that. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially when you work in a place where you also drink. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Music and drinking and then trying to remember where all your things are. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, I'm trying to find a balance there. Also, Julia has been very helpful with this kind of thing. She's mm-hmm. uh, encouraging me to be a more functional human being. Yeah, yeah it's that's great. Good. It's really great. That's what we need from our partners. We need someone who can, like, you know, push us to be better versions of ourselves and let us know when we're failing. Exactly. Because <laughs> no one else can do it as, like, tenderly and nicely. You know? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, trying to, you know, not stay out at the jam space till 8 in the morning every single day, just jamming endlessly. 
that sounds like so much fun. I know. That's the thing. It's just so fun. But uh, yeah, it's kind of unsustainable. It is a little bit. Like it I, has to find the balance. It's the balance. It's hard, and it gets harder the the older you get. Like I, I, I didn't think I would become the person who says that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like 31 now. And I do love like staying out all night occasionally. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it takes a toll and it's like a bigger toll like the older you get. Yeah, I'm definitely still in denial about that. Uh, I think if I just deny it, I'll still be fresh as fuck all the time. I think I think <laughs> you can you can adjust to it though. Like you can if it's if that's your everyday, you can adjust to it. I think it's just the flip flop that is like really tough. Yeah. Which we often, as musicians, get like forced into that because I feel like we often end up doing either cafe work or bar work. Yeah. But bar work means that we're not necessarily able to like do our music gigs because like we'd be playing music during that time. So like we end up doing like cafe work and then like playing at the bars until like the wee hours of the morning. True. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. It's brutal. Or you just become fully nocturnal and like work in a kitchen or. Yeah. Or work at night, and then that's where I was at for, like, pretty much nocturnal. <laughs> but then that's really tough, too, because then, like, you're never outside during sunlight Exactly. Hours. And doing normal person things really get, yeah. takes a back seat. <laughs> do, you, do you like that, that pace, though? Like, being... Because I, I find I really like um, not working when everyone else is working. Oh, God, yes. I, 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 hate, I hate working. <laughs> Unless it's something fun that I like to do, well, then I'll work really hard at it. Yeah, I same. love to do that. <laughs> I'm trying to get into a place where I can, yeah, just work on music all the time. All right. Do you want to introduce your song, or not so much? Sure. Yeah, I'll introduce it. Um, I wrote this song when I was living in a really magical place. Which was, I forget what, I guess it was called uh, Chick Mate. It was an old mitten factory that was converted into uh, Wait, artsy loft spaces. <laughs> it was called Chick Mate? Yeah, I'm not sure what and the deal is there. it was a mitten there. factory. Yeah, it used to be. Turned it was an artist. Yes. It was adorable. It was the most adorable, <laughs> actually. It was like a gigantic. Were there, like stray mittens every song? Uh, I wish. <laughs> No, actually, yes, there were, actually. I would find people's mittens all the time in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. There would be people coming over all the time. Um, yeah, we all just had these crazy lofts, and then we'd just be partying and hanging out with each other. Was this in Montreal? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just uh, It's on the same block as... Uh, it's like William and Guy, basically. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where oh, that is. Oh, fuck. Those good times, <laughs> man. Good times. Ridiculous. I mean, the, it's kind of it's it's dead now. It's like there's only a couple people in there, I think. Because uh, the place got bed bugs and then everyone fucking scrammed. Very sad. Yeah. I wrote a bunch <laughs> of songs in there. This one, I think I was writing at like probably like, I feel like it was like 7 in the morning and like everyone was asleep and I just kind of made it real quiet like. It's about exactly, I guess it's kind of about seeing all these beautiful people upset because they have to work jobs, actually, really. And, uh, yeah, just trying to figure out life, I guess.
intertwined You decide what to believe All tangled up In a cup that's being drunk It's not what you made of What you make of now you gave up is fading somehow So all alone you go back to your home All in a daisy writes itself on your bitter show last night mm-hmm. at Corsell. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a little raw today. <laughs> I'm I'm a little raw today, yeah. That my voice is uh it's got a rustic uh yeah. sensibility. It's got a nice grumble. <laughs> it's got I don't a, I don't really have I get I can kinda get a little bit of grumble, but <laughs> Grum grumble? <laughs> grumble. <laughs> a little scrumple <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I played a show at Bar de Corsell, and uh, I, p- I played for like an extra two and a half hours, I think. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes like when you're playing music, I, I find when I start playing music, I don't want to stop. Yeah. And it's really hard to stop. <laughs> yeah. No one was making me stop. Yeah, it was actually quite quite interesting. I, I made a bunch of stuff up on the spot. Got Chlorella up, and we just oh, yeah? we, we made some shit up live. Yeah, I was... 
I was so close to coming and <laughs> I was like, I just had band practice and I was like pretty stoned and tired. <laughs> yeah, stoned and tired. I should have come anyways. It was perfect cure for stoned and tired. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you and Clarell, like that would have that would have made my night. I <laughs> yeah, made my <laughs> night, that's for sure. For sure. <laughs> You're in other bands at the moment though, right? Uh, yes, I play with uh, Frisco Lee and the Golden Gate, mm-hmm. as we were called right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a really awesome thing. He's amazing. Uh, he was on the show. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, he was on the first season back when it was like this weird like. Damn, how many seasons? What season are we on? We're now? on season two. Dope, very yeah. dope. Yeah. So yeah, playing with him is awesome. Really love his songwriting. Amazing songs. You should really check it out out there in listener town. Mm-hmm. We played like a residency at Honey Martin recently. Just fun times playing. This is great because we can do like fun bar shows mm-hmm. and do show shows. And it's uh, it's just great every time. So that's awesome. Playing yeah. the bass there and playing the bass on that. That's like one of your favorite, like more the instrument that you use most. I'd say, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> I don't know. when I, Like whenever I, I talk, about you with other people, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's like bassist." Right? Yeah, bassist. right. Yeah. yeah, I do a lot like, of oh, bass okay. live. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like when you were in the Misprints, you were mostly playing drums. Yeah. Um, though I think you might have hopped on bass a few times. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See, who Possible. knows? It was a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think I pretty much just played the bass though. For that. I mean, sorry, the drums <laughs> for that band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I feel like bass. I'm, I'm most like. I, I can most efficient in terms of like, you know, session work or like being a hired gun or something. Yeah, have you done much of that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. 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 I've. Uh, what have I done? I guess not really that much. I, I just was on a uh, guy. Uh, Dan made is making an album and just did some recording. Yeah, Dan Beasy. Uh, actually, not Dan, Dan Beasy. <laughs> Dif- different Dan. Different Dan. So many Dan's in music. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so many damn Dan's. <laughs> All the Dan's I know. Uh, wh- which Dan is this? His name is Dan McNeish. He was actually, uh, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, he, uh, he saw us play at, he saw Frisco play at Honey Martin, and he was like, yo, I'm doing an album. Nice. Pay you, uh, pay you 75 bucks to just come in and lay down a couple tracks, and I was there for like maybe 30 minutes, just put it down, and then boom. Nice. Perfect. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, people, if you want some nice bass. Yeah, You're I really got... good at being in the moment and hearing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of born of like a bad habit of not doing my homework, <laughs> and now I just can just show up and just learn it instantly, and then boom, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Out of necessity. <laughs> yeah. Do you really like improvising? Is that is that like a I do. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I mean, it's really it can be really scary to do it in a live setting. Yeah. Cuz you have no idea, there's no guarantee how it's going to go. This is true. <laughs> but Yeah, it's something I'd like to uh, kind of intelligently work into live music, I guess. Yeah, that's something that always kind of it, it always impressed me when people can like jam on an instrument. Uh improvisationally because I as a vocalist I can do that Mm -hmm. but that's like it's so automatic Mm -hmm. that like it's not 
as hard. In in my mind, it's not as hard as like if you have an instrument and the, but I guess you like, you know, with instruments you actually learn them better than I've learned my instruments and you actually understand things like key signatures and whatever. And yeah, like, pretty helps. well. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd probably be better at jamming on guitars and <laughs> drums than just vocals. I don't know. It's I guess it's all about the same. I just love to jam. You know, just just jam. Just love that yeah. shit. <laughs> Do you have any? favorite jams in memory like magic jams there was a pretty decent one last night actually but I, I actually record them all all of them well as many as I can remember to to press nice. press record on my phone for so I have like freaking like probably I always any phone that I've had like I've had so many phones because I lose phones real bad and stuff but over the last few phones I've probably had like just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of jams recorded. <laughs> I, I never listen to them, really. Never? <laughs> no, I do sometimes, actually. But uh, most of them probably won't get listened to realistically. But it's really fun to just, like, uh, just just fucking scroll. They do a big swoop and just... <laughs> this one. No idea what it is. Listen to it. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's total shit. Sometimes it's just people talking, and I'm like, oh, shit. Hope they don't say anything bad or whatever. Just like, I hope I'm not accidentally <laughs> blackmailing anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm never going to use that. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, I find I, lo- I like to, um, like, a lot of the songs that I write are, like, improv that I just do with myself. I, like, find a chord progression that I like, and then I just make something up in the, in the moment, and it usually just the first time is usually the best. Yeah, yeah, I feel that as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. There's usually a moment of just improving, and then then I spend a long ass time after that doing the finer changes. I saw your sweater, and I got distracted. Right. Yeah. Love this sweater. Good '90s vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got some good '90s sweaters in my in my closet. I think everyone should have a good '90s sweater. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did you write? No, you were too young in the 90s to have written anything in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. What's, what, what do you think your favorite uh, like musicians of the 90s or whatever comes to mind that you listen to that are of the 90s? Um, definitely like Pavement for sure. Yeah. Of course, I just think of Kurt Cobain instantly for some reason. Uh-huh. I, I love Nirvana, actually. I mean, he's pretty synonymous with, with the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really great. Yeah. For some reason, all I can think of right now is uh, playing Mario Kart, because I think that's 97 or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just, I just uh-huh. set up my N64 at home, and I've been playing these like classic fucking N64 games. Do you think you'll it's ever so record them and use them as samples or do like 8-bit music or something? Yeah, I would love to, love to do that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen some really good acts that, <laughs> that do that. <laughs> the cat just like swiped uh, a lot of things. Um, <laughs> were you born, at, you were born in the 90s. Yeah, I was yeah. born in the 90s. Yeah, so you're from the 90s. I'm from the 90s. <laughs> I'm of the 90s. You're of the 90s. I had some really... Eric Fines of the 90s. My actual, my kid fashion, my like little child fashion was uh, pretty freaking sweet, thanks to my yeah. parents. Yeah. A bunch of cool clothes. Just cool shit. Like, like paint me a picture. What, what did like little baby Eric look like? There was like these one <laughs> pair of jeans that were like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like, there's a bunch of 
It's kind of like white and black kind of vibes, like super light and okay. black, kind of like staticky almost okay. a little bit. Oh, oh God, I remember those those pants. Yeah. I do remember those pants. They're and like then, jeans that are like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like some cool pair of shoes, probably Velcro. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then like a fluorescent, bright colored like windbreaker. Oh, yeah. I had one of those. Just fucking <laughs> sick. And a mushroom cut. Blonde ass mushroom cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do it. Yeah, my hair was like about as well, maybe slightly more blonde than yours is now. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, I was we so could have been mistaken for uh, <laughs> one another. The same as person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long live the mushroom cut. It's it's coming oh, yeah. back. I see like a lot of mushroom cuts these days. Yeah, there's some fashion mushrooms going on for yeah, sure. Yeah, in all sorts of colors. Fashionable mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. On that wanna, note, yeah, I'll play a song. Do you yeah. want to play a song? I would love to. <laughs> um, we're just gonna keep... All right, this one's called All Worth the While. And I guess it's, it's, uh, it's another one, actually, for jewels, I'd say. Uh, it's just about going through a bunch of shit, like, in my past... But as shitty as it was, it was all worth the while because I ended up with her. Couldn't have gone any other way, I guess. All right. Can't believe it's only been so long. So many roads I knew I should not be on Like the leaves that fall from the branch that stays strong I always got to come back new So many stories of love's gone by Kicking myself Yeah. 
Entangled by the mystery of time Staying attached to things I knew I had to leave behind Looking out song and i don't think i've ever heard it before nice fuck yeah <laughs> i like to hear that i really like that song <laughs> thank you so much yeah appreciate it uh and it's adorable um especially knowing that it's kind of about julia in a way yeah yeah there, there's a lot of like hopeless romantic sort of vibes do you oh yeah yeah i, I definitely <laughs> i definitely I de- used to identify with that yeah hopeless romantic actually no it's quite hopeful yeah. As well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well. That's kind of the the crushing part of it when you're exactly. hopeful. <laughs> exactly. Very very tragic. <laughs> Just those puppy dog eyes. Absolutely failed relations. <laughs> <laughs> How? I mean, like, what is? Your past relationships, have you, like, had spectacular failures? Or has it just been kind of like, oh, I mean, it wasn't exactly what you wanted? And yeah, I guess it wasn't really spectacular failures. It kind of feels weird to call them failures, really. Cause yeah, because, like, you It was what something. it was. Yeah. It was what it was. You needed to experience that, and you learned yeah. something from it, and you're exactly. better for it. So, yeah, I guess they were successful, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they weren't, like, what I thought they were going to be, perhaps. Like, I, I would think... Yeah, there was a couple times where I was like, wow, I'm going to be with this person. Like, this is it. This is love. And then, of course, like later you start to realize that you were, you know, maybe projecting mm. onto that person maybe a lot of really stuff. you wanted some yeah, things. Yeah, you knew what you <laughs> wanted something, and then you thought, oh, this person is that. Yeah. And then there's actually so much more to that person and to yourself. And then, you know, compatibility, true actual compatibility is... Is is quite is more is more elusive maybe than just falling in love with somebody. What is the difference for you? I don't know. It's just like, I mean, the thing is, you'd want both. You want both, yeah. obviously. It's just you could, it's easy to fall in love and then realize it's not actually that compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like f- to fall in love and then also in the long term realize, wow, this is actually like really like sustainable and like makes sense too, not just mm-hmm. emotionally, but like logically or, or like practically speaking somehow like you know I don't know I don't know what I'm saying exactly no really. I think I understand <clears throat> like that because you you know it's very easy to have those like full on love chemicals and feel like oh my god this person is amazing and really yeah. fall for someone and then you know a few months down the line or sooner or later depending on what it is you find out like oh no this is actually really bad for both of us <laughs> yeah, exactly. in some very specific ways and, exactly yeah yeah exactly I get it <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find that. And, like, I, I don't even know what, what proportion of the world ever really experiences that. I know. It's such a trippy uh, freaking thing about humanity. Yeah. The whole relationship thing. 
And yet it's like definitely like we're taught at a very young age that like everyone falls in love and everyone finds their like soulmate, you know? Yeah. Don't worry, everyone does. But actually, I guess that narrative is kind of changing now. Yeah, the thank new gen- God. new generations are going to grow up with a different story. Yeah, which is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I I always wonder about that. Like, what are the kids uh, exposed to these days? Because I see a lot of like, you know, like radical talk and feminist talk and and articles that like I find interesting, and a lot of the people in my circle find interesting. But then, what are kids actually being exposed yeah. to? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the parents. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like you know it's so great to see. I find I've always thought it was so cool to see like happy families, mm. you know, with the whole like I don't know, mom and dad are like actually good for each other. I mean, it's actually pretty rare. I find like to see like an actual functioning happy family where like it's all there. But then it's also on the other hand, it's like the pressure to have that is also can be so destructive. And then you have like crazy fucking situations where you know the parents got to split up because they're not even happy at all and then it's hard for the kids and blah blah but yeah anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah relationship advice Eric Fines yeah sure yeah I haven't really given any advice I don't think yet but yeah I mean it's it's hard to really give advice because everyone's so different I and know it's a unique experience and what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for other people totally yeah totally all I know that for me though, I, I I swore off relationships for like three years in Montreal. Great place mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, just people throwing themselves at you. <laughs> you don't want any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was. I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life. Fuck this! I've wasted so much time and energy on relationships that don't even want to, aren't even gonna go for the thing or whatever. And it's really nice to like take time and not be in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it was after three years of that that I met Julia and I was like, oh my God, this could actually be good and healthy and happy and what? awesome. <laughs> and I've been happy and healthy and awesome ever since. Where do you think your story will go in the future? Well, I'm trying to get my shit together so I can have a real music career, you know? Like I want to just, I want to be touring. But I, I mean, I, I still have some a few things I got to figure out, you know, like... I've got some people that are supporting me and that want to work with me, which is great. I've got some connections. I've got all kinds of resources that are like mm-hmm. really it's exciting. Kind of bubbling it's, up. it's bubbling, yeah. yeah. But I, I need to. I feel like I want to rebrand myself. I, I brand myself at all. I, I haven't really. <laughs> done, I've done nothing with social media at all ever, <laughs> except for post a little something on Facebook, be like, "Hey, I'm playing a show tonight," or whatever. You know. Yeah, I feel just like, the most basic shit. I feel like I'm pretty good with like social media stuff in general like if you hired me to do social media stuff I'd be like yeah I could totally do this but then when it's for myself then suddenly I'm like who am I why am I even posting something today no one even cares (laughs) yeah yeah it's really hard to do it for yourself yeah (laughs) I feel like there's a there's a way I could do it I think I just haven't really tried I want it to be pretty like well you've been so busy (laughs) just doing all the music stuff yeah, exactly. But yeah. anyway, like I, so I just moved in this great new place and setting things up. Uh, Julie and I are setting things up. She's she's really spearheading the uh, interior decor and getting shit together, which is great. Yeah, she gets shit done. She gets shit done. Yeah. Where I am lazy, she is productive. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna find like a, a whole image and a whole thing and a bunch of new songs and like. 
a whole package that I'm just going to go really hard for, working on getting some grants and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, just as soon as possible, I want to be on the road doing awesome big shows and fucking living that real life, yeah. that real musician life. I'm ready. I'm down. What is a defining moment in your career, like, that you would be looking to get to, that you would be like, you know what? I've done this. I'm good. This is awesome. I've made it. Oh. Like, not to say that you would stop necessarily, but like to say like, yeah, like I think like I'm here. I guess like <laughs> three or four, three great albums and like a couple huge tours and like maybe playing with someone that I is like a hero or something. Yeah. Who are some heroes? Um, <clears throat> who are my heroes? My heroes. I don't even know anymore. I mean, there was Hendrix, I guess. Yeah, Hendrix for sure is fucking amazing. I mean, it's a lot of people's hero. Yeah, he's like my like <laughs> adolescent hero, and will always be. I always love when listening to Hendrix for sure. I guess I got. I always think of. I always think of Mac DeMarco too. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Just because he's such a like shining model of like, like having that like being a being a successful indie rock kind of artist that like is just being themselves, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, I just found, like, a golden, like, place in that, I guess. I was thinking about Mac DeMarco the other day, actually, and how I saw him at Hillside Music Festival a couple of years ago, and I was uh, on some drugs, and I got <laughs> really emotional and had to hide in the bushes and cry for, like, an hour. Amazing. <laughs> while, like, Mac DeMarco is playing, and I was just, like, so taken by emotions. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> no doubt. That's my memory of Mac DeMarco. That and just like listening to his music. It's really great. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do, do you have any associations with Mac DeMarco in terms of like memories? <laughs> well, I met him briefly outside really? of, well, just, just outside of one of his shows. Um, but like, it was just like a classic, like he, he'll come out and meet people I guess it was behind Metropolis or whatever M. Tellus mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I got a little picture with him and said hello it was very nice <laughs> but nothing really <laughs> like it was just it was just like fangirling out basically <laughs> you know there was a big lineup of, of people yeah, that's about it. Other than the fact that we basically look exactly the same. and uh, Yeah, actually, like, <laughs> just in this moment, I never made that connection until right now. And yeah. I'm just imagining you with a hat. And I'm just like, okay, I'm seeing it. Was it was so weird when I found out, when I discovered him or whatever. People were like, man, you look a lot like this guy, Matt DeMarco. I'm like, don't know him. And then I saw a picture of him. I'm like, holy shit. And then I listened to his music. I'm like, whoa, it's like really kind of similar to, like, what I like to make as well really kind of freaked me out actually I'm like damn this person is like doing me but him and I it's had, amazing <laughs> I feel like I had that experience when I found out about Florence Welch like Florence and the Machine and cause I she was like the one singer that I felt looked I mean she was a redhead and I wasn't a redhead but she like kind of has similar facial features and like a similar kind of I don't know there's a thing yeah, there's a thing. There's a thing I think I, that it I, recognizes me. Yeah, I have this theory <laughs> that there's like, there's just like a whole bunch of different versions of like the same kind of larger versions of people. <laughs> I have seen so many versions of the same person. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe yeah, this theory. Exactly. Exactly. 
And like it's it's both appearance and personality, and there's a bunch of subcategories, and I don't know what's going on there. But do you think that maybe there could be some sort of psychological or like telepathic connection between these people, like I'm, easier than others? I guess I'm thinking yes. Yeah. I, I can think of someone I know like right twins. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like soul groups. Yeah. Or like, that. <laughs> like oh. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those, too. Actually, isn't there, like, uh, I feel like Kurt Vonnegut had an idea of that. I think it started with a D, and it, it was, like, groups of people that are not related, but they're, like, a family. What's your favorite Vonnegut? I really liked Venus on the Half Shell, which is... Oh, I haven't read that but one. But that's on one of his, like, fake names or whatever. What's It's, it's not uh, it Kil- It's not Kilgore. Kilgore? It's okay. not Kilgore. It's the <laughs> other one. It's, like, Jose something. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of an obscure <sighs> one, but it's I amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Super sci-fi. Banjo player and has a spaceship and goes around a bunch of different ridiculous planets. Nice. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love Vonnegut. Yeah. And I also like Sirens of Titan a lot, too. Oh, yeah. I think that was my, like, favorite Vonnegut. <laughs> that one's so <laughs> fucked up. So weird. <laughs> Fuck, he's great. Uh, yeah, I do, like, really messed up fiction. It's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same. Especially if it's, like, science fiction. I know. Yeah. Science fiction with, like, a sense of humor, which is a yeah. great... I think that's a great formula. Or, or just like, really dark. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, so dark, but it's, like, funny how dark it is, almost. That's yeah. his, I guess that's his whole thing, kind of. Yeah, like, he kind of takes the, the darkest, saddest, hardest parts of life and then laughs at it. Mm-hmm. But you still, like, you can still get there. You can still feel the... You can still shed a tear and have a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh... Do you think you have any songs that you could shed a tear and have a laugh at? Oh, that's a fun <laughs> question. <laughs> I used to, sh- I used to like some of my songs really used to bring me to tears. Like even like, like hard to get through playing them. Really? Yeah. You, I, I wish like, I don't feel like really feel it have I have that right now go, going on as much. Are there any songs that you had that reaction to that you're now like I don't know maybe it's kind of just like a silly song I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Like actually that, that new one I played, that, that one gave me some feels a few times when I was writing yeah. it for sure. Even on stage I was like, Oh, gotta suck back these tears. <laughs> Sucking it back. Don't well, I mean like suck it back a little bit, but just let them fall. And wow, then yeah. everyone who is watching will just be completely in it. That's true. Yeah. I should uh, I should try that. I should try that out. <laughs> should let that happen sometime. <laughs> Just the single tear rolling yeah, down Yeah, just one single. <laughs> yeah. As long as I don't get too... Just practice that. Just get disgustingly puffy and red and just... Yeah, that's the thing. I find, like, if I start crying, I don't look cool or cute. No, like, same. I, it's not an attractive quality when I cry. No. <laughs> same. <laughs> well, that could be funny, though, maybe. It could be. Right. <laughs> So crying, yeah. Do you have a Do you have any songs that uh, maybe you're not as close to the feels anymore? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe I don't know. Now I'm wondering if I can get in those feels if I try playing it. But yeah, get in those feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just meant so much to me at the time, and now it's like not this classic thing about songwriting, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's like when you wrote it, you're feeling it all at the time. 
And then, like, a few years later, it's like, you love, you know, it's a great song still, I love the song, but, like, you don't literally relate to it on such a, like, raw level or whatever. So Yeah, your like, experience changes. The way you think about that experience has changed, and I find, like, the more I sing a song, it, it takes on the meanings of the times that I sang it. Right. And, like, the new meanings that come into my head, because a lot of the words in songwriting are somewhat vague, you yeah. know, depending on your songwriting. I like to keep it a bit vague. Yeah, so then they can like kind of fit all sorts of situations, and then by the by the time you've been playing something for like five years, you're just like, this is just a mess of a, of very different memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. And then you have sort of like a general idea of what the song's about. Yeah, I can relate to that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Should I try one right now? Yeah. All right, this one's called In Debt. Wash away 
your sermons of hellfire and doom. Down in the night, the feeling change as the cards about you start to rearrange. But love can't stop me as I make my way. I know I'll find you smiling somewhere, someday. So count your virtues, your godliness has come before you now from what you missed. Check out our Patreon, spread the news, spread the love.